So we are Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 22, The Elements of Material Creation, and we have arrived at text number 11. Uh, 11, uh, 10 and 11 are kind of grouped together because those two verses deal particularly with those who propound 25 and 26 elements according to Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. Because remember at the beginning of this chapter, Uddhava has asked all these different... You says to Krishna, you've spoken of 28 elements of creation. The different sages have come up with all kinds of different numbers and runs off of string, 7, 6, 4, 12. Uh, it's not 12. Uh, he says 25, 26, 7, 6, 4, 17, 16, 13, 11, and 9 tatwas. Why do they differ? And um, Krishna says, uh, who's right? And Krishna basically says, well, they're all right because of the fact that the causes are included in the effects and the effects are included in the causes and so you can always slice up the pie different ways and they have their own reasons for doing these things uh, uh, and uh, so he accepts all of them because they all have good reasons at the same time now with 10 and 11 he does wish to make a point about those who leave out or who conflate, you know, conflate means push into the same category, the jiva or the atma and the paramatma, the jiva and the ishvara. So he's talked about those. And he said in text 10, because a person who has been covered by ignorance since time immemorial um, is not capable of effecting his own self-realization. There must be some other uh, personality, some other, Anya, another, who is in factual knowledge of the absolute truth and can impart that knowledge to him. The other is described as tattva the knower of transcendental reality, and Ganada, the bestower of knowledge. You cannot lift yourself by your own bootstraps. If you're covered by ignorance, uh, how are you going to get your, affect your own self-realization? That's a problem. With material knowledge in general, uh, which is why it's constantly changing. So now... Uh, with text 11, Krishna includes, uh, Krishna now is going to talk about this uh, conflation. Uh, and in a sense, there's a, a reason for it. Um, and uh, it seems like from this verse you can derive two conclusions. To completely separate them is wrong and to completely unify them is wrong. So 11 goes like this. I'll, I'll read the text. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So 11 goes Purusheshvarayor Atra 
नवलक्षण्यम अन्वपी तरन्य कल्पना परता ज्ञानम अकॉर्डिंग टू नॉलेज इन द मोड ऑफ गुडनेस देर इज नो क्वालिटेटिव डिफरेंस बिटवीन द लिविंग एंटिटी एंड द सुप्रीम कंट्रोलर the imagination of qualitative difference between them is useless uh, speculation so this this seems to support oneness <laughs> between the purusha and the ishvarya na phailakshanyam anu api there is no dissimilarity vilakshanyam uh, interesting word uh, vilakshanya means difference disparity or diversity uh, uh, there's just no distinguishing marks there's no dissimilarity and that's the idea of this word here uh anu api even a little uh, uh, but then it goes on to say tadanya uh, but the opposite anya the difference the uh, thinking of them as completely different Uh, is a kalpana an imagination and it's aparata it's useless gyanam cha prakter guna because really knowledge uh, comes from the mode that rises from the prakriti from material nature uh, which they don't really translate here. Oh well, they do at the beginning. According to knowledge in the material mode of goodness, that's where that comes from. It's the last pada gyanam cha prakriti guna. This is knowledge in the mode of goodness. In other words, when you will uh look when from from the position of the mode of goodness, you will not be able to distinguish very clearly the difference between you will perceive only their the qualitative sameness uh for uh, between the jiva and the supreme lord they over they lack qualitatively the same propod puts it like this you know they're qualitatively the same uh quantitatively distinct uh so the idea that the one imagines there's some qualitative difference that's a useless speculation he says here uh the the bbt purport yeah to this uh according to certain philosophers there are 25 elements among which single category is stipulated for both the individual living entity and the supreme lord such impersonal knowledge is declared by the lord to be material 
Yanum cha prakritir gunaha. That is to say, knowledge comes from the modes of nature, particularly the mode of goodness. I mean, the mode of goodness is necessary for acquiring knowledge. Knowledge that arises out of the mode of passion is not considered knowledge. It's knowledge of a trade, like the knowledge that a shoemaker has to cobble shoes together. That kind of technical knowledge is not jnana. It's, it's a difference, technique. Socrates or Plato also makes the distinction between knowledge and technique. Because now technical knowledge is, is, that's the most important thing, especially when it's transferred to computers and things like that. But it's basically a, a science, that's why Prabhupada says that material scientists are shudras, really, because it's about making things. That kind of cleverness of engineering, which is the characteristic uh, that's as far as sort of kind of you can get with mode of passion or the or the mode of ignorance uh, like that. It's, it's tinged uh, like, like that. So that but that distinction you you still see in Plato in the Western world. Now it's now knowledge in the mode of goodness is non-existent really. It's just it's very very. Little of it. Anyway, so it goes on here. Such knowledge can, however, be accepted to establish the qualitative identity of the Supreme Lord and the living entities who expand from him. In other words, it's not entirely false. There's some truth to it. Materialistic persons... Now, here, actually, without mentioning, if they go to the opposite, materialistic persons sometimes believe there is a supreme spirit in heaven, but also think that human beings are identical with their material bodies and thus qualitatively and perpetually separated from the Supreme Lord. This is characteristic of what is known now as the Abrahamic faiths. Those that arise out of the, the Middle East, uh, uh, Judaism, uh, Christianity, and Islam. All of them seem to think you are your bodies. Uh, you are a material, crea- you are created entirely out of matter by God who is spirit. So that you are matter and God is spirit. You're qualitatively separate. And that's the other way to read this verse, although they don't really point that out. If you imagine there's some difference like that, that's also wrong. Total unity is wrong. Total difference is wrong. So basically, uh, I... From, you know, I always was told that you, you know, I wasn't told this, but you are the body created from dust. And then you have a soul. And then when the death of the body, you die, but your soul, which is something else, goes on. 
And they always see, why should I be worried about the soul? It's sort of like a liver transplant or something that would live on somehow or other. You know, it's, why should I worry about that? It's not me. I die, but my soul, whoever that is, this kind of parasite attached to the body. So there's not a clear understanding. And he may points out that you're, you're, you're never that close to God because you're, uh, theoretically, because God is one kind of a being and you're an entirely different species. Uh, uh, although, of course, in Christianity, to be fair, uh, St. Paul says that when we go to heaven, we have a pneumatikon soma, a spiritual body, a body made of pneuma, spirit. It's related to the word for air, like like we have pneumatic in English. So he does say pneumaticon, soma. And actually when Prabhupada was, when Jahaya Griva mentioned this to him, referring to actually to a poem by William Blake, I don't think Hayagriva knew the Bible very well, but he did know William Blake. And there's a poem by William Blake where the line is, it is raised a spiritual body, which Blake gets from the New Testament. And Prabhupada said, oh, spiritual body, he said, that is Vaishnava. But what St. Paul said, it's a spiritualized body, like unto this as the oak is to the acorn. That's what that's what the Christian text actually says. So somehow or other, but they don't go any further with it. But I, actually, there has to be originally spirit or anyone. The BBT purport goes on. Knowledge of the Lord's qualitative oneness with the living entity, as described in this verse, refutes the materialistic concept of life and partially establishes the absolute truth. Oh, by the way, go back, the, the Jehovah Witnesses, who really want to take the Bible quite literally, uh, believe that, that you are not a spirit, and that uh, at, at the time of death you are annihilated, but God remembers you perfectly, and therefore after being annihilated for so long at the end of the universe, those that he remembers, he recreates exactly as you were with all your stored up memories of your life. You're you're annihilated, but then recreated. That's their take on it. A completely materialistic idea. Anyway. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes the actual situation as a chincha beta beta tattva, the supreme controller and the control living entities, but simultaneously one is and different. By the way, uh, to be really strict, to say that the living entity is qualitatively one and quantitatively distinct is not really a, chi- a chincha. To say something is one in one respect and different in another respect is perfectly conceivable, qualitatively one and quantitatively distinct 
that you can understand that uh, uh, because you're one in one respect and different in another respect. Uh, human beings or birds are one and different. But yeah, how is it one? Well, we're both warm-blooded and uh, we're one in that respect, but different in that we, we, have, um, we have legs and they have wings, whatever. We have arms and they have wings. So that's not nothing inconceivable, strictly speaking, about that. Although sometimes, loosely speaking, this is included in the chincha beta beta tata. Um, anyway, in the material mode of goodness, the oneness is perceived. As one proceeds further to the stage of vishuddha sattva, uh, that is to say, purified goodness. My understanding of the mode of goodness is, is that the material mode of goodness means it's sattva, uh, but that sattva is bracketed by, by passion and ignorance. The material mode of goodness is sattva with some tinge of passion and some tinge of ignorance because you're in the material world. Because the material world, we'll discuss this a little further, there's creation, maintenance, and destruction. So the creation takes place because of the mode of passion and is ruled by Lord Brahma. Vishnu himself takes charge of the mode of goodness because that's his proper status. But in the material world, he's the Lord of the mode of goodness. Then destruction, Lord Shiva is the Lord of the mode of ignorance. So in the spiritual world, there's no coming into being and there's no going out of being. So that the specific functions of Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva as such are not there in, these are the guna avatars, right? It's not there in the spiritual world. There it is just Eternity. There is no coming into being. There is no going out of being. So therefore, it's sattva without any, anything else. So, vishuddha sattva or shuddha sattva. That's my understanding of it. So in the material world, uh, you may come to the mode of goodness, but there's still some, because it's material, there's some little tinge it's, it's, it's like, uh, I, I think of it as pure white light, but there's a little pink and a little purple or blue in there, you know, kind of something like that. Anyway. As one proceeds further to the stage of Vishuddha Sattva, or purified spiritual goodness, one finds spiritual variety within the qualitative oneness, completing one's knowledge of the absolute truth. That's what happens. This idea of going further, and with the, the, there's this idea of spiritual variety, uh, vishesha. Vishesha means, uh, 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 vishesha is a concrete particular. So there's differentiation within that. Nirvishesha is Mayavad philosophy, the denial of any kind of concrete particulars. 
that, that uh, there can be individuals. The words in, in this text, na vailakshanyam arnu api, boldly affirm that the individual living entity is indisputably part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and qualitatively one with him. Any philosophical attempt to separate the living entity from the Supreme Lord and deny his eternal servitude to the Lord is thus refuted. Speculation arriving at the conclusion that the living entity has independent existence separate from the Lord is described here as apartha, useless. So there's two ways of doing that. That basically you are not subservient to the Lord. Uh, uh, that, that, that because you are totally one with him. Or the other one is the idea that, that we are here and there is no God. The other, the other thing. Uh, nevertheless, the theory of 25 elements is acceptable to the Lord as a preliminary phase in the evolution of spiritual knowledge. And so that's their uh, their conclusion on this. Uh, what yeah, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says this is answering the. Uh, it's translated a little differently here. There is little difference between the Lord and the Jiva. But not, only a little. There is little difference between the Lord and the Jiva. To think of them as extremely different is useless. That's how Manu Swami translates based on Vishnu Chakravarti. Jnana arises from the gunas of Prakriti and is thus useless for gaining proper vision. Vishma Chakravarti imagines this as a reply to the question, how then can some also claim there are 25 elements? That would mean the jiva and the Lord are counted as one. And he says, although the jiva and Paramatma are different, as was said in the previous verse, they are also not different. They have little difference, since they are both spiritual, and they both possess powers. We have powers. We have powers of action and powers of perception, like Krishna. And that way we have also our limited powers. Because they have little difference, they are considered one. Therefore, the idea that the jiva is extremely different from the Supreme Lord is useless. So that's where the BBT purport takes off on this, extremely different. And then one can eject, but this duality cannot be dissolved except by knowledge, which is not attained by the Lord's mercy. But knowledge is included in the material guna since it is sattva guna in quality, thus it is also useless. That uselessness. So now we go on to text 12. And here Krishna really sort of begins 
his account of the elements. No. Uh, so now he's describing uh, creation. He says, Prakriter gunasamyambhai prakriter natmano gunaha sattam rajastamati stiti upati anta hetavaha stiti upati anta hetavaha Nature, that's prakriti, exists originally as the equilibrium of the three material modes. Uh, guna samyam, samya is equilibrium, when the three, there's the three modes of nature and they are, at, they are not agitated or disturbed. This is pradana, really. So originally pradana, there's pradana and then there's mahatattva. Uh, so pradhanas first. And then when the Lord glances over uh, pradhana, then the kala shakti or time energy is included in that glance. And then the uh, equilibrium of prakriti is disturbed. It's the mixing element. Also in that glances are the jivas coming in. This is described in the Bhagavatam. So originally, Prakriti is this equilibrium of the material modes of nature. Uh, 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 and Prakriti Naatmana Gunaha, uh, that, that, that this Prakriti pertains to the Gunas. The modes are there, although they they don't do anything. They're inert right at this point and not the Atma. Although the Atma comes in with that glance, they're not part of Prakriti. Rather, Sattam Rajas Tama Iti. That's what pertains to the Gunas. Sattva, Rajas, and Tama. Uh, uh, these Sattva is goodness, Rajaha, passion, Tamaha, ignorance. Thus, Iti means, you know, in quotation marks, when something is in front of Iti in, in, in uh, Sanskrit, that means the previous thing is in quotation marks, although you don't know where the first quotation mark goes. But they, and they, that, those three are the cause of Stiti, uh, creation. Excuse me, uh, Stiti is maintenance, uh, Utpati, creation, and anta, annihilation. The beginning, the middle, and the end of uh, creation. And this is described here. Uh, the, the BBT, uh, they begin by quoting Bhagavad Gita 3.27. Prakrite, kriyamanani, gunai, karmani, sarvashaha. Ahankara vimudatma kartaham itimanyate. The bewildered spiritual soul, uh, this is the way they translate it kind of backwards here. The bewildered spiritual soul, uh, uh, 
under the influence of the three modes of material nature, uh, thinks himself the doer of activities which are actually carried out by the by the material nature. That that means say prakriti gunai, the the modes of nature. They are the cause of the activities everywhere. Any motion you see here, lifting my arm, is really done by the three modes of material nature. I think I lift my arm, I cleverly do different things with my stealers and pickers, you know, and all that stuff. My, my hands, all, you know, which, uh, the, the, whatever I do, I think I do it. So this is, Ahankara vimudatma, the soul who is made stupid, vimudha, by ahankara. Ahankara, false ego, makes you stupid. False ego is not just pride, it's stupidity. It befools you. And kartaha mitti manyate, the atma thinks, I am the doer. Karta, I am the doer. But actually, I'm not the doer. All activities, all actions, even what I think, is actually being done by the modes of material nature. Who is in control of the modes of material nature? Not me. It's Krishna. Actually, I have no connection. The, the, what, the bridging element is, this, is the paramatma. Well, I don't do it. The three modes of nature in their original state of equilibrium as well as the subsequent creation generated from the modes are vastly more powerful than the tiny living entity who is controlled by them. The living entity thus cannot be accepted as the actual doer or creator within the material world. So that's why they, they quote this. The mode of goodness is symptomized by the experience of knowledge. This we learn from the 13th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, knowledge is the product of goodness. I mentioned before, that's why you don't see it anymore. And other things are masquerading as knowledge, which are not really counted as dhyana. The mode of goodness is symptomized by the experience of knowledge, the mode of passion by the experience of work, activities, and the mode of ignorance by the experience of darkness. Ignorance, laziness, inertia, delusion. You cannot see things as they are. These modes of material nature work these modes of material knowledge, work, and darkness have no real relationship with the transcendental spirit soul who exhibits his own quality of eternity, knowledge, bliss, and knowledge. Uh, the Sandini, Sambit, and Vladini potencies of the Supreme Lord. So these are the spiritual potencies, the potency of Sandini, of eternal existence, of Samvit, of 
innate knowledge and vadini of bliss. The material modes have no access within the kingdom of God in the unbound atmosphere in which the eternal living entity is meant to live. So these are those are the real some people call them the spiritual modes. Uh, existence, uh, uh, knowledge, uh, and, uh, and bliss. I mean, these are the original of thinking, feeling, and willing. The 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 things that we do uh, of of, of uh, for willing is is, is Sandini. Uh, thinking is some bit and feeling is Ladini. These are the spiritual, uh, the spiritual uh, counterparts. I want to uh, point out to you, uh, there is an interesting verse. Let me just pull it up here. Now, this is uh, uh, Krishna's account of creation from Second Canto 7, chapter, verse 39. Uh, it's really a great verse. Sarg uh, goes Sarge Tapoham Rishayol Navaye Prajesha Stane Tadharma Makaman Yamaravanisha Ante Tadharma Hariman Yuvasha Shuradya Maya Vibhutaya Ima Purushakti Bhaja. In the beginning of creation, Sarge, Sarga's creation. So, Sarge, at the beginning of creation, there are uh, tapaha, penance, aham, me. This verse is being spoken by Lord Brahma. So, myself, Brahma, and the prajapatis, uh, the great sages who generate, the nine sages. So, in the beginning of creation, there are penance, tapaha, myself, Brahma, and the prajapatis, the great sages who generate. Then, in the middle, stane, in the maintenance of creation, there are uh, Lord Vishnu, uh, the, the devas with controlling power, and the manus, the kings of the different planets. And there's Dharma. Uh, but, so that says Dharma. Maka, Lord Vishnu. Manu, the fathers of mankind. Amara, uh, and the, the Devas. Because there are different Manus, and there's different Devas, and there's Lord Vishnu, and Dharma uh, is there. But at the end, uh, there is Lord Shiva, Hara, irreligion, Adharma, uh, and the atheists, the Asuras, and so on, the enemies of the theists, the enemies of the God, full of anger. All of different representative manifestations of the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. All of these are vibhutas, vibhutaya, they're the energetic power representatives 
Puru Shakti Bhaja, the supremely powerful Lord. So it's in, in the beginning, there is Brahma, the Bajapatis, and the great sages who are the progenitors, the, Prajapati, uh, the great sages who generate, and Tapa, because Lord Brahma performs Tapa. Uh, interesting that Tapa is mode of passion, the part of the mode of passion. In the middle, dharma, tapa, dharma, and adharma. Because tapa means also heat. It produces heat, uh, right? Uh, so this is the three stages. In the beginning, Brahma and the Pajapatis with, together with penance in the begin- middle, so that that's that's the purusha, that's the the you know guna avatar, the mode of passion is Brahma. The middle, Lord Vishnu takes charge, together with the, the devas and the manus uh, and the avanisha, the kings of the different planets, because the, those kings originally who are, uh, uh, and then in the end, Lord Shiva. The asuras and anger uh, and adharma. This is that's 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 how it goes. Well, that's a that's 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 the that's the that's the material world that's that's given there. Uh, so. We'll continue with text 13. Here now. Satvam jnanam raja karma tamog tamaha ajnanam kihochyate guna vyatikara kaalaha sabhava sutram evacha. In this world, the mode of goodness is recognized as knowledge, the mode of passion as fruitive work, the mode of darkness as ignorance. Time is perceived as the agitating interaction of the material modes, and the totality of functional propensities is embodied by the primeval sutra or mahatattva. So, uh, Banuswami translates this, in, the, in this world, sattva is recognized as knowledge, Sattva Jnanam, Rajaha Karma, uh, Tamo Ajnanam, Ihochate. Iha, here, you know, the word here, often just used to here means in the material world. Uh, they, they are known this way Sattva, Jnana, Raja. Uh, uh, Sattva Jnana, Raja Karma, Tamo Ajnana. Sattva as knowledge, Raja as activity. Uh, uh, I mean, Raja means passion, and uh, ignorant mode as ignorance, uh, uh, foolishness. They translate it here in the word for word. And then, uh, Kalaha, time is perceived as the agitated transformation of the modes. So that when that time energy comes in, then the modes. And as soon as that prakriti is hit by that time energy, then it's called mahatattva. And that's why they mentioned here the sutram, 
uh, is uh, 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 is a form of the Mahatattva. Uh, uh, um, uh, here, the sutra is a kind of interesting word, which I pursued a little bit, uh, because we find it uh, used this way. The word sutra means thread. Uh, uh, but uh, there's an interesting purport uh, in the, in the, uh, to 1085.5 where Sutra is mentioned. Uh, uh, this is the one. This is a purport, by the way, which is very interesting because it describes uh, Brahma is speaking O oh, transcendental Lord, you yourself, from your, you yourselves, you created this entire variegated universe and you entered within it in your personal form as the super soul. In this way, O oh, unborn supreme Lord, uh, supreme soul, as the life force and consciousness of everyone, you maintain the creation. Purport, when creating the material universe, the Lord expands himself as the Paramatma or Supersoul and accepts the creation as his universal body. No material body has any reason for existing without some Jiva soul desiring it for his enjoyment. And no Jiva can independently maintain a body without the Paramatma accompanying him there for guidance. The Vaishnava Acharyas, in their commentaries on the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, explain that even before Brahma is born from the lotus navel of Garbhodachari Vishnu, he first accepts the whole material energy, the Mahatattva, as his body. Thus, Brahma is the jiva embodied by the universe, and Vishnu is the Paramatma who joins him. Thus, strictly speaking, the soul of the universe is Brahma and Paramatma is the super soul of the universe, especially uh, as Garbhodakshayi as as Vishnu. Karanaranavashayi Vishnu, Mahavishnu is the collective super soul of all these, but the super soul of this particular universe is that particular uh, 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 jiva who lies uh, on the causal ocean. Uh, so Brahma is the, and Vishnu is the Paramatma who joins him. Brahma must organize the specific manifestations of creation, but he cannot do so until Lord, until Lord Vishnu expands himself again into the subtle energy of action, which is the sutra tattva, or original vital air. 
So here the Sutra Tattva is called the original vital air, which is a transformation of Mahatattva. And also in the, the, the creative energy of consciousness, Buddhitattva. So that's, uh, that's this Buddhitattva. Then another place, uh, uh, well, i got to call, call it quits. Okay. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti says, predominance of rajas produces the sutra tattva, a type of maha tattva. So anyway, this is the this is the uh, uh, idea here uh, is that that uh, then the the three modes of material nature are transformed, uh, and then the modes of nature become activated in this way, and then you have basically. Purusha and Prakriti, the Purusha, the supreme, the enjoyer, and you have nature. Anyway, they will continue along with that description of creation. The next two and a half verses will describe uh, these these elements. So we'll have to stop there. Uh, and. Uh, Oh, we didn't get as far as I'd hoped anyway. Um, anyway, very interesting stuff here. So let me now, we'll uh, have time for some questions and answers. So what I'll do is, first of all, I will switch over. Okay, now we're going to have a Q&A session. I'm on speakerphone. Let me make sure the volume is up high as it'll get. Yep. So people can uh, call in on the phone, which will now be broadcast, uh, and uh, people on the Ustream can can uh, text in the question. People on the phone press star six. Yeah, it's pre- you press star six on the phone to to uh, thank you. You have. Oh. Yeah. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. This is Harinam over in Philadelphia. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, I thank thank you so much for for a wonderful class. I I really liked your remark saying that false ego is stupidity. That that fits well with me. Uh, my question is about eleven twenty two eleven. The Purusha is, is translated as enjoyer, and so that the Purusha there is the jiva. Why, why is that translated as enjoyer? Because isn't Krishna ultimately the, the enjoyer? Yeah, but we have the enjoying propensity also because we're part and parcel of Krishna. And the, the, the problem is not enjoying, but how we go about it. Uh, so in the material world, we, we try to enjoy an imitation of the Lord. When we're in connection with the Lord, then the way we enjoy is seeing that the Lord is enjoying. 
and then we enjoy it. Uh, because, because as part and parcel of the Lord, uh, Prabhupada gives the example of, uh, of the hand enjoying, but only by giving food to the stomach. So we're like uh, the allegory of the rebellion of the senses that the hand says, you know, I have to work so hard, I have to cook up the food and put it in the mouth, and the guy all goes to the stomach and that, you know, it really goes to the air of digestion, or, you know, the vital air. But that, that Prabhupada uses stomach. That yeah. the stomach enjoys, and I just have to work. Uh, and so the hand goes on strike and finally gets weaker and weaker and weaker. So the hand realizes that the only way it, it, it actually can do anything and, and exist and be sustained is by giving food to the stomach. So similarly, the real pleasure of the living entity is to enjoy by seeing that Krishna enjoys. Mm-hmm. So that's enjoyment but without false ego. We cannot imagine such a thing now because material enjoyment increases false ego. Yeah. Because because every time, uh, because uh, that, that ahankara vimudadma, every time we experience sense gratification, we think, now I'm enjoying, now I'm yeah. controlling, and we increase our false ego. So that's, and that, therefore that, that sense gratification increases our identification with the material body, and therefore it's the cause of our suffering. Mm-hmm. This is pointed out in the Bhagavad Gita that, that, that the actual cause of suffering is enjoying in the material world. But spiritually, it doesn't mean there's no enjoyment. There's bliss. And we experience that bliss. But it's without a false ego. It just can't be imagined by a material person that you can actually ex- experience actual happiness uh, upon the death of the false ego. That the so it's just the opposite of what people think. So that's why Purusha, we are still, we still are Purusha in that sense. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Oh yeah, somebody asked Prabhupada, just to continue with that in a minute, somebody else asked Prabhupada, what is the meaning of life? Uh, and it's just a folio. And Prabhupada said, the meaning of life is to enjoy. And then he goes on to explain. So to enjoy is there. I mean, it's not, it's not wrong. It's just how to enjoy. We don't know how to enjoy. What we do to enjoy in the material world is actually causing the opposite thing. The the difference of what we really want. Uh, he did say the meaning of life is to enjoy. And I think that's where he gives this example of how to enjoy. We don't know how. Any other questions or comments? Okay. So everyone uh, have a happy uh, Gaur Purnima. And St. Patrick's Day too is coming up. <laughs> It's funny, the first, the first year, I, I, the first time I visited a temple, one of the earliest times I visited the temple, and we, I was asked to drive a devotee downtown, 
and we ran into a St. Patrick's Day parade. Now, so I always associate St. Patrick's Day with one of my, my early, earliest experiences of, of doing devotional service and getting stuck with this devotee in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Okay, so... Oh, there's another question. Uh-huh. On the phone, yes? Mm-hmm. Hey, Mr. Drew, can you hear me? Yeah, All right. Sorry, I tried to ch- uh, put it in the chat, but it wouldn't work. I just have, could you uh, say something about the Sutra Tattva, uh, how that corresponds to the primal air? Uh, why is it called Sutra Tattva? Can you maybe try and explain that as simply as possible? Yeah, well, I... I, I, I Okay, I, I, I have a little hard tra- hearing you be- because you are, uh, I guess, using, using Skype or something. But, uh, uh, yeah, the, this, the, the, this is an interesting idea that this, this, this uh, sutra is a name for the Mahatattva. And I did, uh, I did uh, uh, do a little research on it, which I didn't uh, see if I can explain a little more. Uh, uh, as I said, unmuted. The, the uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti says. Uh, I will talk about this a little later. Uh, you expand yourself into the subtle energy of action, Kriya Shakti, which is the Sutra Tatra or original vital air. You see that, like prana. So, so action takes place, our, our senses are active because of prana. According to you know, the, the, uh, the Vedic conception of the body, the body is basically a pneumatic machine and there's all kinds of different airs in the body that are, that are working, the different kinds of prana, you know, the, the, the chakras, are all circulations of the different airs. So this subtle energy of action is called Kriya Shakti. There's, we'll talk about this later, but there's the, the three forms, like the, the, uh, eventually the mode of passion is produced by Kriya Shakti, the powers of action. The mode of uh, goodness is Buddhi, uh, Jnana Shakti. And the mode of ignorance is drovya shakti, the powers that create matter, the powers that give knowledge, and the powers that make action. So it says here, you expand yourself into the subtle energy of action, kriya shakti, which is the sutra tattva, or original vital air, and also into the creative energy called buddhi tattva, or jnana shakti, of consciousness, jiva. Uh, and they says, in other words, you maintain the universe in your form as the vital air, the intelligence, and the active and perceiving senses. So that's where Sutra Tattva is mentioned that way. And then Vishnu Chakravarti commenting or translating 2.5.24, he says, that Ahankara, the original Ahankara, transforms into three types. Because the the uh, ahankara, uh, a false ego, uh, 
is is transformed into uh, sattva, rajas, and tamas. The ahankara appears within within the within the mahatattva, and so the, these three forms are jnana shakti, kriya shakti, and drovya shakti. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says the three divisions are described that derive from sattva guna, from raja guna, and from tama guna. Uh, the qualities in the verse order are drovya, kriya, and jnana shakti. The drovya shakti has the capacity to produce the five gross elements starting with ether. Drovya means gross matter. The Kriya Shakti has the capacity to produce the senses. The Jnana Shakti has the capacity to produce the devatas who control the senses. The state of equilibrium is Pradhana. By the agitation of time, the predominance of Sattva produces the Mahatattva. Predominance of Rajas produces the Sutra Tattva, a type of Mahatattva. So first of all, sattva itself produces the mahatattva, and then a little uh, rajas uh, produces the sutra tattva, which is a type of mahatattva, uh, which produces the energies of uh, of uh, of, uh, uh, of of action, and then. Predominance of tamas produces ahankara. The effects of ahankara, which predominance of tamas and with rajas and sattva elements in much less amount, there's a little bit, of, but there's mostly tamas, produces the five gross elements. So this is how it, it's mentioned here. So that the mahatattva itself uh, 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 produces the uh, other things but it's agitated by time sattva itself produces the mahatattva and then rajas produces this type of mahatattva called the sutra tattva uh, and uh, that sutra tattva are the powers of uh, of action. So that that's as much as I can understand it right now. <laughs> okay, so I, I just try, try to track down the Sutra Tattva. Uh, oh, it's a, it's, it, it's, a, it's a form of Mahatattva. But it, it's... Uh, but, but Prabhupada talk, it talks about in the second canto this this Dravya Shakti, Kriya Shakti, and Jnana Shakti in, in that order. Uh, as a kind of a part of the part of the creation. That's the best I can do today. Okay. Okay, thank you. This is spiritual physics, huh? Yeah. Well, it's hard to hear you right now because it's not coming very clearly. Anything else?
Okay, we'll pick up again uh, next week with uh, text number 14. Thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Mabhagavatam ki jai, Shri Gaur Purnima ki jai.